Welcome to the AllMonster.com, YouTube.com slash AllMonsterVideos Monster Truck Podcast, presented by absolutely nobody. Guys, we got to get advanced auto parts, Ford trucks, Monster Energy. Somebody's got to get on board with this podcast. So if you know some people that know some people, hit us up. Dustin, which one would you prefer? Um... I could use a little bit of all of them. I feel like in the short term, I could probably go with the monster sponsorship. Feeling hey. a little tired. I could go for some uh, some of that pipeline punch. Oh man, you hit the you hit the nail on the head, my friend. We're good to go. But uh, Dustin, we need to talk, and uh, I'm not breaking up with you, but we need to talk about the World Finals because it's coming up. We have, we have been a bit absent. We have been a bit still following monster trucks. Some of us still on the road. And have a lot to talk about, but uh, I think with the event coming up, uh, Vegas is the best place to start. We'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about what's happened between the last podcast and now, but make sure you drop a like on the video. Thanks for all the comments and everything as well. Uh, we have been checking through those and responding. Lots of stuff to talk about with Vegas, and uh, I'm going to give it up to you. Uh, would you rather talk about the Double Down Showdown competitors first, or would you rather talk about the Vegas show first? Ah, uh, oh, put me on the spot here. Mm, well, looking at the, the the double down lineup as it is right now, and uh, there's definitely some interesting, you know, cast of characters going on here. You've got a lot of mix of new, uh, inexperienced, somewhat, I guess you could say, you know, relatively newcomers. You got a few people that have got some experience in this event in the past. You've got drivers that have got all around experience, but not a ton of Vegas experience. So. It's it's an interesting mix. You can kind of just, you know, for trying to pick somebody, you can pretty much just throw all the names in a hat and pick one, and it's about as good a pick you're going to get. Feels like March Madness, you know, all these eight and nine seeds going up against everybody. <laughs> it's it's going to be some close race and some close freestyle, I think, too. So uh, any names stick out to you on uh, on either list that uh, that you're excited about, you want to see? Any names you think may, may have been better off uh, swap for some other? Um, I think names that I want to see, I've been keeping an eye on Tristan England a little bit over first quarter. haven't gotten to follow the arena stuff quite as much as I would like to, but from what I have seen, Tristan seems to be a really strong up-and-coming talent. Uh, he's got a lot of finesse in the truck, seems to keep getting better as the season goes on. Um, see a lot of progression that's happened from week one to, I guess, they finished in week ten. Um, pretty grueling season for all of them, but... Uh, got a lot of talent behind the wheel looks like he's really coming into his own picked up a few overall event wins this year um really curious to see him get to stretch his legs out a little bit and run on a bigger floor um obviously with the double down showdown you're going to be looking at just mostly racing unless you happen to be the lucky one that wins the whole spiel but um excited to see what he can do Uh, i think that's kind of an interesting thing to keep an eye on for the more inexperienced drivers in this field and that they haven't really gotten to see a whole lot of high speeds behind the wheel of these trucks. I know Camden Murphy's got some circle track racing experience and seems to get around the floors pretty well in an arena right now and carry a lot of momentum, but it's a bit of a different ball game when you're coming down Thunder Alley and already doing 45, 50 miles an hour. Definitely good points all around. Uh, between injury and drivers only doing international shows, there's a lot of new faces. That's what Brandon Behan one said on Twitter. Uh, just going to run through a few of those before I get to kind of my interests and Things that are going on as far as the Double Down Showdown. Uh, I'm fighting not to call it the Young Guns Shootout, I'm not going to lie. 
But uh, yeah, Brandon, thanks for the comment. Uh, only four drivers who participated in North America. Interesting comment there. Um, something to talk about, definitely. Uh, RJ Spear, Brad deserves a shot too. Brad Allen mentioning that name. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him in the Young Guns shootout, but he, they did get uh, a guy that I'm interested in seeing that I think could have actually been picked for the for the main show. Corey Rummel, uh, the event, Team Avenger has four really good drivers, and Corey has shown that he belongs on whatever group you put him in. And I really like the fact that uh, that Rage is in the show, but I think he could have been picked for the show if that makes sense. Uh, Danny McGinn also mentioned best lineup ever made. So some people are really liking it. I'm a little bit on the fence about, I'm going to say, I'm going to say about five or six drivers, I think from the main show could have been swapped with the ones that are on the, the double down, um, or from drivers that are not there, but we'll get to that in a little bit. I, I think Corey Rummel though is definitely worth some time here. He's progressed a lot. I've seen a lot of him on Stuff like Throwdown for what? I've seen a lot of him over the summer at shows and everything. Seeing those highlights, it just seems like he progresses all the time. He's got a good piece under him. Uh, him and him and Pagliarua, I knew I was going to mess that name up, but uh, I love seeing Jester, man. Uh, that Jestelade, as they call it, really nice there, too. Um, I think that there are some guys that really have a great opportunity here, and I think either one of those guys can step up and take that victory. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, both of those guys are on the same stadium tour this past season. Both guys really have pushed the trucks hard all first quarter long. Uh, I think it was Corey finished second in freestyle in Orlando, which is pretty impressive. Matt Pagliarulo finished second in freestyle in Oakland, I believe, as well. You know, both of these guys have really come on strong and really made, you know, huge leaps and bounds in terms of their uh, driving ability recently. Um, you know, especially with Pagli Rula really only having, I think, two years under his belt. And then Corey's, you know, bounced around a little bit. He's driven a lot of different things, whether he's jumping in and out of rap attack in years past or his mega truck or whatever, you know, the team scream trucks he's thrown at him. Um, you know, he's always handled it well, always driven well. Um, he's a fairly well-rounded driver as well. Um, I said well a lot there. But anyhow, well. Corey, Corey can run well. God, I said it again. Corey can do really nicely racing, freestyle, whatever you throw at him. He can go after it. May not always win in racing, may not always win in freestyle, but he's always a very competitive guy. Uh, I like watching him run. I think he has an opportunity to do good. So I think that another thing to mention. You were going to say well. You were going to say well. I did it on purpose. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, obvious thing here to me, Jared Eichelberger, um, that that has a very good chance at happening. <laughs> that whole him qualifying and throwing another Max D into the field. Like seeing that. Uh, do you have any dark horse picks for this thing? Do you think anybody could run through it? And uh, you, you were just mentioning kind of that the whole racing portion of this, especially to some of these drivers that aren't as experienced, is it, there's a big mental aspect to this of not getting too jacked up and and spinning out like good clean runs actually will get you a good way in this racing bracket. I said it to Cynthia Gauthier last year when we were sitting in the catering tent last year. You know, she was talking to Fry Daddy, and they were talking about you know how to get through it, and she said just make your own pass and go down the track. I feel like, especially in last year's event, there was a lot of nerves going into that and a lot of drivers just making simple mistakes, unforced errors. You know, it was a kind of common term, I guess, in sports, you know, baseball especially. 
And, you know, Cynthia ran her own race all night long, made it to the semifinals. She had steering issues in the semifinals, so it didn't work out well for her. But, you know, she made it to the semifinals just by running her own race. And, you know, sometimes you just got to do that. And I feel like somebody like Zane or two is a guy that maybe doesn't have the biggest horsepower motor, but as long as he goes out there, keeps it straight, and makes his pass, I think he's in good shape. Ryan Dishroon, Saigon Shaker, that new piece of theirs is awesome. A spectacular truck. Unbelievably well working right now. The only issue I would say with that truck is, is it seems like they've had a little bit of trouble getting that thing to turn right like they want it to uh, when it comes to racing. But if they can get that figured out, watch out because Dishroon's got some experience on the track, whether it's taking practice passes or you know competing in last year's Young Gun Shootout. He's proven himself to be a pretty qualified driver. Um, I think he can adapt to the track. It's just a matter of feeling out how the new truck does. It's a little bit lower center of gravity. It might handle this track a lot better, more in comparison to, you know, the rest of the field, if you will. So not that's only definitely that, one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I was going to say, not only that, but uh, he's got a father that has been to Vegas before, didn't compete, but uh, has been to Vegas before, and he'll have somebody, like you said, with with Cynthia and Fry Daddy, uh, he's going to have somebody in his ear saying, hey, look, just run your own race. This is what you do. Somebody with experience in his ear, I mean, that always helps. you got a good team around you, and there's there's few better teams out there on the independent circuit there than, than the Disher and squad. I like seeing them do well. And, uh, you know, yeah, you're absolutely on the mark. I see Disher doing some things out there. I'm going to say also Camden Murphy. I like what I've seen out of him. And we talked about it a little bit offline. I think that he has a shot as well. So pretty good uh, pretty good lineup here and a lot of faces that could end up making it to the main event. So if you've got everything and you're backed up against the wall, who's your pick to make it to the big show? Um, I'm going to say Eichelberger. Um, I think he's got a lot of resources to kind of bounce off of. He looked pretty solid last year. Um. I think it was just a simple mistake and kind of blew it in the turn and put himself on his lid. But I think if he gets comfortable and, you know, just kind of goes out there and does his own thing, I think he can handle it. Uh, with that being said, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if really just about anybody were able to pick up the win. Um, like I said, it, it's kind of, you know, pick your, you know, throw a uh, throw a dart at the, the list of drivers and that's about as good of odds as you're going to get, I feel like. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you took my pick. So I'm going to say my I'm gonna give my second pick. Uh, I'll, I'll say Eichelberger is going to go to the finals and he's going to face off against Corey Rummel. I, I really like Rage. I love what I see out of that truck. I love what I see out of the Kohler camp. And I think he's going to be motivated to prove that he is in that belongs in that main event. So that wraps up that double down showdown. I like what I'm seeing here. I like the idea that this is wide open, but there's some experience. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, to think about. I think it's going to make for a really nice double down showdown i think they're gonna have one of the best ones yet so very good there i think it's time to move on to the big show if you will the world finals it's hard to believe that we're at 18 already i i just it has been a ride and for those of us uh, you and i included that have been to several of these this one feels kind of the same way i just said about double down showdown uh, feels a little more open I, I don't know if it's just because dennis isn't there i don't know if it's just because we're seeing some new faces creep up in here. It's going to be interesting. The first other thing that I see, obviously, 
some injuries have taken away some of these these people that you're normally used to seeing every year. Tom Mintz is not in this. I don't see that Dennis Anderson in this, of course, with the injury and everything. So you've got two of the marquee players. However, uh, that does knock down the average age of this event significantly. No offense intended to either one of them. So I, I just feel like this. it's almost like a changing of the guard year. It, it's very odd to say. We've got some veterans, but I can't help but feel like somebody young is going to come out of here and, and take the victory. I, I think that wouldn't be too far-fetched of an idea. I mean, you look at, you know, kind of the interesting mix of drivers in the field. You know, you've got some really well-seasoned experience coming in, but you've also got some new faces, like you were saying. I mean, you've got a pure rookie in Matt Blyton coming in and kind of having really tough shoes to fill with Metal Militia. You know, Todd LaDuke has built that name up, you know, so much in the world of Monster Jam. And now, you know, coming in as, you know, again, with all of his accolades and limited experience, you know, there could be a lot of high expectations for him, but I think he can handle it. I think even if he doesn't go out there and really does all that well, I would imagine the way that Matt drives so far that we've been watching him, there's going to be something that'll make you say, oh, and, you know, that's worth something. You know, at least when you're on the biggest stage, you got to make some kind of an impact. And whether or not Matt goes out there and puts together a freestyle that's capable of contending for the win, there's going to be a wow moment in that. Um, so I think you can count on that for Matt Blyton. Um Another tough thing, you know, for, you know, say Bryce Kenny coming in, uh, wasn't in last year's Young Gun shootout, is coming into this with really pretty limited big track experience uh minneapolis being his only stadium event experience um but the dude is used to high speed i mean he is probably the only one in this field that's gone under 300 miles an hour in a car um (laughs) so maybe that lends something to his advantage when it comes to the uh to the racing course but you know again with big shoes to fill you know uh george balhan's reputation george nearly won the world finals freestyle you know once or twice he's been in the thick of things um you know, so yeah, that's a long-standing reputation you got to fill. There's a lot to think about here, and I'm going to go ahead and address a couple of, we'll call them elephants in the room. Uh, there's a few things that really bug me about this lineup, and uh, number one, uh, Dennis Anderson himself actually addressed on Instagram not too long ago and said Pablo Huffaker is not representing Grave Digger at the World Finals. He made it very clear he was not happy about that. And I'll say, Dustin, that makes at least two of us. I am very, very disappointed in the lack of Pablo Huffaker at the World Finals. Remember, the only other time that Anderson was not a part of the lineup, who filled in for him? Pablo Huffaker. Definitely came close to winning that freestyle show as well. He's always been a strong competitor, and I will say this. He's had some good events in Vegas. He's had some bad events in Vegas. One thing you could always count on from Pablo, though, he was going to give you a show he was going to give you a moment, and he was a hell of a racer as far as that course goes for the longest kind of time. If he got in a groove, he had a shot at the championship, and it's very disappointing to me to not see one of the best drivers in the world in the world finals. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, Pablo's been kind of relegated, if you will, to, or maybe relegated is not the right term, but Pablo's been put into arenas in the last couple of years, and it's because Pablo is such a wizard on smaller arena floors. He does stuff there that a lot of other drivers can't really compete with, and 
he's a hellacious talent, whether it's stadiums, arenas, what have you. He's proven himself to be more than capable of competing in the World Finals over the years. Definitely disappointed in not getting to see Pablo perform this year. Um, you know, you look at his track record. I mean, he is a former World Freestyle champion. You can make a case that he probably should have won a couple more. I mean, I was of the opinion that at the World Finals 14 freestyle, he was probably as deserving, if not more, than Tom Mentz was. Or you look as far back as World Finals 3. Threw down a pretty awesome run there. Um, again, Pablo's an immensely talented driver. Um, you know, not only that, but all the history and the legacy that comes with him. Um, you know, would have loved to have seen him in the World Finals this year. Bit of a disappointment that he's not in it. It's a tough thing to try and fill this lineup with all the top caliber drivers and not have everybody coming from just a handful of teams. So it's a kind of a stuck between a rock and a hard place when you're trying to put together this lineup. But yeah, regardless, still a little disappointed that we've got no Pablo. There's, there's just no question. Uh, this isn't even one of those senses where he's grandfathered in. He's earned it. There's no question to me. Very disappointed in that. And I think that you could bump some of these other drivers out easily for him. Uh, there's just... You know, uh, not to knock on certain people, but I will mention some names because uh, we don't shy away from the things that, you know, we can be critical of the sport while being respectful of the competitors involved. Uh, like it or not, facts are facts. Uh, Mike Vodders Jr. Uh, was a prior champion and got into this show, uh, but he's been away from the from the seat for quite a while, and it, it, for a good reason. You know, recently gave birth. Well, he didn't give birth. That'd be weird. But uh, he... <laughs> His his uh, woman gave birth recently, so he's been taking care of his kid. Hey, real life first, totally get it. Uh, but can you really sit here and say that Mike Vodders Jr. should be in this lineup based on anything but the fact that he won freestyle one year? Uh, you know, I, I think that's a that's a swap right there. But hey, uh, young face, totally understand. Much respect to Mr. Vodders and uh, Mr. Vodders Jr. Understand, but I, I gotta say that's a little bit. A little bit disappointing. Uh, on the other hand, we have a few other drivers. Uh, I've got to mention just, um, I think, I'll put it this way. I think that a few of these drivers should have been in the Double Down Showdown first before they made the trip to the main show. Rosalie Raymer has won a couple of wheelie contests, as they mentioned in the announcement for her. Hey, this is a young gun. <laughs> I know we can't use the word gun anymore, but this is a young gun. This is a girl that has potential behind the wheel, has a great teacher and her father, Kelvin, but can you really say that this is a driver that should be in the in the show in her one of her first full years of experience? She's been behind the wheel technically driving around since she was 14 or so. Now, yeah, there's been progression. She's a good driver. Much respect, but I see that being a double down, throwdown, showdown type of deal. I don't see that being a Vegas main event spot. Uh, same with Buddy Tompkins. Lots of stuff there. You mentioned Bryce Kenny before. Uh, you know, Justin Sipes is brand new, but did take some victories and did did a good job here. So, but there's just a few names here that I'm I'm a little bit shaky on as far as main event. I think that they're better suited to the double down. That would have been a better spot, and I think that would have made the main field even stronger. I get having wild cards, but there's some inexperience here, and I think that there's a there there. The, Vegas is always a few breakages away from a lackluster freestyle, in my opinion, uh, because everybody's going so hard trying to win the championship. You need some experience there. You need some people to look at how many people have run. There's always a few times where people will just put in, by Vegas standards, a solid performance, 
and get near the top of the the heap. So I think there needs to be a little more balance there. I see almost too many uh, fresh faces when I look at this lineup. Yeah, I think you can make the case for that, but I can also say there's a pretty strong case for the fact that this lineup has got a lot of incredibly good talent. I mean, you start at the top, you know, you're looking at Wink, Todd LaDuke, Adam Anderson, Morgan Kane, Jim Kohler. I mean, all, you know, top caliber drivers. You know, Lindsey Wink's the only one that's not a world finals champ at this point out of the five that I just rang off. But, you know, Wink's coming in with a you know, full head of steam, had an awesome season this year, pretty much dominated the FS1 East Tour. Uh, Todd LaDuke pulling off a squeaker of a championship on the West Tour in pretty spectacular fashion. Adam Anderson, I, he's Adam. What do you guys say? Dude's <laughs> pedigree speaks for itself. Morgan had a bit of an up and down year, but, you know, he still, you know, performed well. The new truck's finally feeling like they've got the kinks worked out in it. Um, and then Kohler, dude, has been on kind of a renaissance year. Not to take anything away from uh, past performances, but he's been rocking it this year. You look at the freestyle win in San Antonio. You look at him coming in second place once or twice more the rest of the season. The freestyle run in Detroit where he was just going into the stratosphere. You know, Kohler is a guy you got to watch out for when it comes to freestyle, of course, but he's actually tightened up his racing game a little bit this year. He made racing more often than not, made it to the semifinals once or twice this year. And the other interesting wild card that we have to talk about with Mr. Kohler, and we've discussed it a few different times this year, new truck. So (laughs) very real possibility that Mr. Kohler's brand new ride gets done between now and Vegas. Now, I haven't talked with any of the guys from that camp just yet to see if it's happening, but kept hearing, you know, all year long, we needed just one good week to get this thing, you know, to the point where we're happy with it. And I am hoping, fingers crossed, knocking on wood, grabbing my lucky rabbit's foot and the shamrocks, Hoping to see brand new Avenger because I am really curious to see what Kohler can do with a new truck. It's tough going into the World Finals and basically debuting a brand new piece, but I feel like if anybody is crazy enough to try it, it's Jim Kohler. <laughs> Fantastic points all around. I am trying to remember, as soon as you said that, I'm trying to remember if anybody in World Finals history, and maybe you guys know in the comments section or on Twitter, has anybody done that? Have Has anybody actually debuted a brand new piece at the World Finals? Because I'm racking my brain and I'm like, I don't know. I, I think maybe everybody held off. I, I don't know if any of the company trucks ever did that. That's a I very interesting like, point. I, I, I think maybe, I don't know if it was a full-blown debut, but I believe it was World Finals 13, maybe? Uh Damon Bradshaw had a brand new piece, but I can't remember if he debuted it in El Paso or there in Vegas. Um, somebody oh, uh, Air Force, my brain right? on that one. Or is that, or is that Monster? No, this was Monster. Okay, uh, he yeah. Went from the, from, I think it was, what, the uh, company guys are probably going to laugh at us. C32, I think, was his yeah. chassis, the old Patrick. <laughs> and he bumped into the truck that he drove, well, I think up until this year. Um and there's a you know, we're talking about noticeable absences from the world finals lineup this year. You got to throw his name in the mix, dude. I mean, 100%. Damon was a beast on that course. Wow, that um, was terribly passed unintentionally. 
Yeah, yeah, well, you know, sometimes <laughs> you just run out of creative words. Yeah. Well, yeah, we he, got a high school degree, folks. Right, uh, hey, he but, did he did well there, and I mean that. He was always in the hunt. You could count on God. He was like he was like the new Cretan, you know, Cretan the first first eight or so Vegas. You could count on him being in the finals, or the semifinals, I mean. Uh, Bradshaw, you know, Cretan, those kind of guys. You could count on that. He was within inches of winning a World Finals Racing Championship against Tom Mintz one year in Monster. I mean, the pedigree is there, as you said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of an, uh, you know, a weird year for the World Finals, as we were talking about with some, some of those absences. I mean, you know, no disrespect at all to what Todd LaDuke has done this year, but it does feel weird knowing that we're going to Vegas and Damon Bradshaw isn't there. Because, um, you know... It feels like it's unfinished, if you will. You know, yeah. it feels like there's it, things didn't end like they should have. You know, for Damon getting away from the sport. Yeah. Um, and you know, it is a little bit disappointing because last year, I feel like you could make a very strong case, and I've probably said it on here before that Damon should have won that freestyle last year. Yeah. And you look at how things went last year for him, put on a phenomenal freestyle run. I felt like he didn't get the scores he deserved. And then you look at how racing went for him, was fast all night long, and then gets to the race against Cody, and the RII just fails on him. They sit there and they try and test the truck, any lane possible, multiple radios possible, anything to possibly make it happen, and nothing. And it was just such a, just an awful thing to feel like, because it was just one of those races you were really looking forward to seeing, and then to know that, hey, that's how Damon Bradshaw's last racing appearance happens at the World Finals. Yeah. It's just kind of, you know, like I said, it's just kind of frustrating and just disappointing because it just, like I said, it feels unfinished. Yeah, and and to, to make a transition, yeah. Uh, you can say whatever you want about uh, the way that other things went, but with, with Bradshaw, you knew what you were getting. It was an exciting thing, whether it was racing or freestyle. He took it seriously. He brought out an aspect of, of competition over from the motocross world that I really liked. He cared about winning and losing. He was very into it and uh, intense. And and that was nice because there's a balance there, right? You know, you got to be fun for the kids. You got to be fun for the future fans and drivers and crew of the sport. But at the same time, he wanted to win and he wanted to win badly. He wanted to be the very best. And uh, I see that with a lot of people here. But of course, when you're young, a uh, little, little less maturity, a little less of this, you don't necessarily realize this could be your only shot. So, there's a new guard uh, in the monster camp, and you got Todd LaDuke, you got Cody Saussier, uh, both those guys seasoned at this point. Cody jumped right in and, and kicked some butt, you know, to, to totally destroy my point. He was relatively fresh-faced his World Finals appearance the first time and came in and tore the house down in freestyle. Great saves the whole nine yards a couple years ago, and hey, now he's a, he's a fixture. He jumped up, grabbed those brass rings, if you will, and and earned his spot. So Monster Energy Camp's in good hands, but yeah, it is weird not to see Damon. Uh, as I'm looking towards the, the back half of the field here, love seeing some Neil Elliott, some Charlie Pawkins, some Ryan Anderson. Uh, freestyle's in good hands, racing's in good hands, but the one that i got to mention, uh, it is a, a bit of a homer pick because I've been around that camp a lot when uh, the guy was on Amsoil Shock Therapy, but John Zimmer's back in Dragon, and it's great to see him in Vegas again. Didn't know whether we were going to see him in a World Finals event again because he was in the Gravedigger camp, but with everything that happened, he popped into that seat of Dragon and has shown out. Great freestyle in Detroit, 
Loved seeing the way that he's handled that truck, that position, and hey, well-earned. There's few guys that work harder in this sport and have built themselves up and really become an elite of an elite. Uh, Zimmer has a shot at winning racing or freestyle anywhere he goes. Vegas is no exception, and I think we could see Dragon take a championship home this year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you you can never count out a dude like John Zimmer. He's a little bit quiet, but, you know, dude knows how to drive, plain and simple. All you got to do is look at his record. Look at what he's done this year, whether he was bouncing back and forth between Dragon or filling in and Gravedigger. You know, he had kind of a crazy first quarter, but, you know, he rocked the house no matter what truck he was driving. I feel like he's going to do the just the same in Vegas. And I think for Zimmer, he's going to go in with an attitude like, hey, I'm here, I'm going to do what I can with it, I'm going to have some fun with it, and I'm, I'm just going to do my own thing. His exact, uh, his exact words to, to me it. in a message, his exact words to me in a message I sent congratulating him, he, uh, he said, plan is to have fun and let the cards fall where they may. That's, uh, that's a good way to go. Uh, maybe don't take that advice to the blackjack table, but uh, I think you can take it definitely into Vegas, and that way the pressure's off. If you're just there to have fun, uh, again, I just was talking about taking it seriously and everything, it depends on your personality. If you psych yourself out, that's bad. For a guy like Zimmer, who's a veteran, he's been through the routine before. He can afford to mentally kind of put himself in that fun space without losing his edge. And uh, I think that's something that he's going to come in relaxed, whereas maybe a, a Brianna Mann or uh, you know even a B.J. Johnson, although he's been there, a Sipe, somebody like that, may psych themselves out a little bit because this is their shot. This is their opportunity, whereas Zimmer has had a few before and knows what to expect. Well, and yeah, to kind of go along with, you know, kind of it depends on how your personality is. You know, we've talked to Morgan Kane and kind of gotten his perspective on how his day was before the World Finals. He and Bobby were just chilling, you know, yep. taking it easy, as relaxed as they could be all day long. And then when they finally won racing, they're like, oh, well, this is cake. Hey, I'm that much more less stressed about going into freestyle day. So, yeah, you know, I think having, you know, it, it depends on, again, it comes down to driver personality and how you operate. Some people thrive on that pressure and coming through in the clutch. I think that kind of caters itself to, you know, say a Damon Bradshaw's personality where he was a hyper competitive guy and, you know, was used to the rigors of coming through the motocross and supercross ranks. Whereas, you know, you've got some guys that are just like, hey, I'm here. I'm going to rock it out. I'm going to do whatever. I'm not going to overthink it too much and just go out there and do my thing. You know, I feel like that's kind of the case with, say, a Mark McDonald, who has kind of flown under the radar for a dude that's had as good of a year as he did because, you know, on his tour, you had uh, you had Todd LeDuc, you had Adam Anderson, you had Neil Elliott kind of stealing the headlines. Well, all the while, Mark McDonald was killing it all first quarter long. Maybe didn't get the wins, but, you know, Always a strong racing competitor and a grossly underrated freestyle competitor, I feel like. One of the smartest the, the freestylers always, in the business, period. Absolutely. You know, he always goes out and puts on a good show. I don't think I've ever been bored by Mark McDonald freestyle unless something was wrong with the truck. Yeah. And I always love watching Mark's little unique, you know, techniques and whatever he throws out there, whether it be, you know, a... A wheelie where you wouldn't expect it or, you know, working in, you know, just different turns and how he carries momentum and just little unique things that Mark does that most other drivers don't do. Uh, it's always fun watching him run. And he's one of those guys that, you know, uh, could be a dark horse to win freestyle. 
Yeah. And he's also a very good racer. I mean, he's been in the finals there in Vegas as well. Knowing the way that his mind works, anybody that knows Mr. Oklahoma, Mr. Oklahoma uh, knows <laughs> that he works a little differently in the brain. And that's a good thing. He sees things differently, whether it's life or whether it's obstacles out there on the freestyle course. He does have a lot of fun. Very funny guy to be around, and it translates onto the track. Uh, Leo O'Donnell, I could definitely put in the same breath there as McDonald. You know, at this point, O'Donnell has uh, has done it all, seen it all, been there, done that, but still has that creativity, has the drive, had a very good year, I believe, and I see them them both kind of in that same vein. On the other hand, uh, we have uh, some relative newcomers, but some people that have really impressed me, and we've mentioned Colt Stevens. Hey, lo and behold, we, we mentioned him at the start of the year podcast, and here he is in Vegas. Well done, Colt. Uh, gotta say, that's that's impressive. Uh, he, uh, where, whereas I've, I've kind of knocked some of the, the younger drivers for maybe needing another year of seasoning, I gotta say, I don't feel like Colt was that way. I feel like he had his time in Doomsday to kind of develop a little bit, and now he's ready to go. He's really taken that Cletus thing uh, by the horns and, and done a great job. So that's another guy that... If he puts in a full run, man, I put his freestyle full run freestyle up against anybody else's in here, and it stacks up pretty well. Same thing with Tyler Meninga. Uh, great job, Tyler. Fantastic. Love the innovation and just frankly his control of the truck in those small arenas. So those are those are several guys that I look out for that maybe on the other end of things to balance it out. Younger but hungry. Speaking of hungry, Colton Eichelberger. Dude showed up on the FS1 East Tour and came in like gangbusters, started winning right off the bat, and really kind of took everybody by surprise. We weren't really sure what to expect out of Colton whenever he came in and was filling in for Tom, especially coming into, you know, going from the typical more conventional truck style to the men's style. You know, a bit of an adjustment for a lot of drivers. Most drivers really don't get the hang of it right away, but he took to it like a natural. And it was such a surprise to see that he came in and did so well first weekend out in Arlington and really continued on from there. Um, You know, it's an interesting thing for him this year. He's got world finals experience underneath of his belt already. I imagine with the success that he's had already this year that he's going to be driving Tom's truck during the world finals. Could take some adjustments, but, you know, we've seen Tom's trucks do well. We've seen Neil do well as also – um, in that style of chassis. Going to be something interesting to watch, especially when you get down to Wednesday on practice day to see how he handles the truck in racing. I think in freestyle, he's already kind of comfortable with it, so it's not that big a deal. He's already been quick in racing, um, whether it be Chicago style or the SoCal style. I don't have too many concerns about him going into Vegas. I think he's going to show up and do his thing. And, you know, we very well could be seeing another Max D uh, World Finals Championship added this year. It wouldn't surprise me all that much. Got a good lineup of drivers. I, I say definitely. I, I don't know about you, but for me, I've always viewed Grave Diggers' overall team of drivers as the best in the business. And, you know, Mince's team, obviously a close second, but the argument can be made at this point with how many drivers are on each side and how many family members are on each side. Uh, it's That gap's closing a little bit. That gap's narrowing a little bit. And it's really cool to see that the, the, the rivalry continues into the next generation. So, hey, anybody with the name Eichelberger, Mintz, Anderson, you know, you're, you're doing pretty well out there. Any of those names are pretty well trusted in the business for a, a good solid race or a good solid freestyle. Uh, speaking of Anderson, 
be remiss if I didn't mention Ryan. Uh, I got to be honest with you. He has put on just some of the most ridiculous freestyles, races, the whole nine yards. I'd be very surprised if he didn't walk out of Vegas with a title this year. I just, I have a feeling. I don't know what it is. I feel like he's been close enough several times. I think it's time for Ryan Anderson to win a title. I just, I feel like he's been close. Probably, in my humble opinion, could have won a freestyle in Vegas. Uh, if the judges actually judge and and don't bias judge, it would be hard to, for me to not see Ryan Anderson getting a full pull and a victory in Vegas. Oh, I mean, if Ryan can go out there and put on a complete run as he knows how to do it and the truck holds up to it, it's hard to beat. I mean, no matter who you're running up against, no matter how strong the field is, Ryan's just that good. You know, I think you can make the same case for Adam as well. Both of those guys, the boys got talent. And, you know, both of them, they've got their own different styles. But when they are on their 100% A game, watch out because they're damn near impossible to beat. Um, you know, look at Ryan's track record this year. I mean, he was pretty dominant. Adam didn't quite have the same level of dominance this year, but you can look in years past and see just how strong he has been. Both of the Anderson boys, you know, they've got a lot on their shoulders to carry this year without pops in the field, but I think they can hold up to it. Obviously, you know, Adam's proven he's more than capable. Ryan is certainly capable. I think it's just about time that it, it finally happens for him. Um, and, you know, racing-wise, he's been close. He's been in the finals, been right there with it. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not, you know, things work out for him. Uh, whether or not the truck holds up and you know you know stands strong throughout the whole weekend um you know you can put a lot of abuse on these trucks over the course of the week you know a lot of people don't think about how many practice passes these trucks do and what kind of toll that it can take on them and you know ryan in the past has been one of those guys that will make a bunch of passes just so he's you know that much more confident going into the show but it puts some wear and tear on the truck whereas adam is typically practice day does his two passes and that's all he feels like doing. You know, it's just so that's a great point. Different some styles, observations and different psyches. From, uh, some observations from somebody that's been at practice there several times, Dustin and uh, myself as well. Uh, Pablo, on the other hand, was one of those guys that would take about eight or nine runs down the track. And yeah, sometimes it, it gets in your head. If, he, if you, you're to that fourth, fifth, maybe sixth attempt down the track and it's not clicking, then that might do you in for the weekend as far as racing. Uh, on the other hand, another interesting point to bring up. Uh, this is still pretty young in the cycle of separate days for racing and freestyle. I think that helps the guys a lot. I think that helps uh, everybody involved, really, as far as freshening trucks up and maybe even trying different setups. I'd be interested to interview a lot of these drivers and see how much the setups change when you do have those days to prepare. Uh, normally, at, at a show, it's, okay, I'm going to race, and I'm going to have a little bit of time, maybe, to tweak a few things, and then, then we freestyle, but... When you got some time to sit and think about it, this could be interesting. You, you might set up the truck to be a little more squirrely. You might set up the shocks a little differently. Tire pressure, the whole nine yards. There's a lot of things that can be modified to make things work. Thinking, thinking man's drivers, Jim Kohler, uh, Jim Creighton, a few of these guys I, I see that could maybe start to take advantage of that as we get older in this cycle of separate days for racing and freestyle too. Well, I think Cody Sosier would be a guy that would be good to talk about that because oh, he yeah. is kind of a, a, a super competitive guy. He really, you can watch just him playing with the lights in the last couple of years since we use the Pro Tree in Vegas. 
you could always tell Cody would play some mind games on the Christmas tree there or try to be the last guy to stage and then try Cody's to watching a lot of tough so- tracks. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the tapes. Trust me, I've heard from Diva P. He's got the tapes. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> You know, Cody's a you know a thinking man's racer, if you will, and you know he's he loves drag racing in all forms of motorsports, and you know he's trying to find ways, he's trying to find little advantages, whether it's how you line up in the start box or how you stage, and you know if you can catch it just right, you almost don't lose any of your momentum, and you can just make it all happen in one fell swoop, where you can leave the other drivers sitting on the line and stuck at that priest sitting there waiting, staged and just waiting and waiting and waiting and wondering when that next truck's coming into the box. Um, you know, it can backfire though. You know, we saw Cody red light a couple years back. Um, we've seen, you know, last year, Todd LaDuke was having red light issues. He was trying to kind of use the same mindset there and try and catch some people off guard, use some of his, you know, racing knowledge to his advantage. Um, but you know, that ended up kind of catching Todd LaDuke out. It was something that we kept an eye on all night during the racing last year. And that Todd was a little slow leaving the line because he had some red light issues earlier in the week. Um, you know, it's little gamesmanships that come into the world finals, especially when it comes to racing that we don't really see throughout the rest of the year. And that's part of what makes Vegas racing so much more interesting to me. It's just one of those nights where the competitive level is just ticked up another notch and it's just a lot of fun to sit there and dissect. Where else have we gone for 18 years that has been the same course? You know, I can't think of anywhere else. I that's mean, the that's, that's that's a very thing, valid you know, point. You have track records in Vegas. <laughs> We've been a part of those, you know, and, and that's really cool. I I would love to see some consistency at some of these other events. It's another conversation for another day. But, man, would that be cool. I love the fact that we have a set course that has been the same way for all these years, that there are guys like Lindsey Wink that I look at and go, He's got as much experience as anybody at this point on this course. I can never count him out. Jim Creighton, you always wonder, is it going to happen? Can he put it together? I, I could see a lot of these people doing that stuff, and I think the reason is consistency over the years. You've, you know, Who has taken more runs down that Vegas racing track at this point than guys like Lindsey Wink? Heck, even Kohler. You know? I would say Kohler has done a, a, a good deal of racing this year. You were saying before that he's made – a lot of uh, a lot of quali- he's qualified for a lot of races this year, and he's a smart guy. He he really, I'm not saying that he's going to win the world racing championship or anything, but I think that he has a little bit more of an advantage because he's been there, done that mentally. Again, the mental aspect, I see that there's a few people that have that advantage. At at a certain point, you can set your truck up however you want, but it's between your ears. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, the the interesting kind of variable to take into effect is, of course, you know, you have the changeover. You get a day, all day, to kind of look at the track and kind of plan things out. And certain guys do try to plan things out. Look at what Cam McQueen did last year. Kind of, you know, even though he didn't win freestyle last year, he almost stole the show. The corkscrew was such a ridiculous thing that I don't think anybody was expecting at that point that it kind of just stole the headlines for a minute. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, who won freestyle? Oh, Adam won freestyle, okay. Yeah, but did you see Cam's corkscrew? Right. That was pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. You know, and that's where a guy, you know, where I, I think, you know, the creativity aspect really is starting to come into play. 
you've got 32 trucks in a freestyle field. How do you set yourself apart? Cam found his way last year. You've got other drivers that have been trying to kind of hone and come up with their own new unique style. You look at what Ryan Anderson does with how he two wheels the truck, how he you know runs his way and has his own style. Tyler's been doing his own thing when it comes to the arena stuff. Does that translate at all to the Vegas course this year? Or do you look at how, you know, some guys just go out there and they just they're not gonna change too much, they're just gonna run how they they go about it. You know, I talked with Carl Van Horn last year after the show, and he said, you know, if I had my way about it, I would have he had a total plan already in his head, like if by some dumb luck chance I get the call to jump in a truck and run. I already had my freestyle plan set up. He said and felt and he felt like, you know, the way that he had it set up, it was relatively safe bet, but it would also look good and, you know, carry momentum and just be a really efficient way to run the course and still look like a good freestyle. And sometimes surviving Vegas is a large part of scoring well. Um, and then you look at some guys that, you know, have got past experience in winning big there, you know, Charlie Pauk and Dude's freestyle run when he won the title was one of the best. Uh, he's coming in with a lot of momentum this year. He's really done well all season long. It's a little bit interesting seeing that he's you know transferring you know coming from his digger to a mutt. Curious to see if it's going to be his chassis spray bombed or if he's getting into an actual different truck this year. Spray bomb it, Chucky, you know, please. <laughs> you know, because last year he jumped into Bryce Kenny's truck and Bryce Kenny's truck had been in arenas all year long and. It's kind of a different thing to, you know, take a truck that's been set up one way all year long and just totally change it around for one event. There is um, there is one thing know. with him in particular, and, and it doesn't just limit to just him, but uh, from experience working on that on his setups and stuff, if a truck if his truck was not working properly, he would get, for lack of better words, pissed off, and he would drill that truck as hard as he could into something like. He, like almost like he was punishing the truck for being broken. Uh, that could have some great implications for Vegas or not. He can run with anything, uh, but yeah, comfort, confidence definitely plays a factor there. I would put some money on the fact that they spray bomb that grave digger if Chucky has anything to say about it. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of uh, again one of those more unique things with some of the, the the switcheroos, if you will, when it comes into Vegas. And then you know, one guy we haven't talked about at all so far, Randy Brown. Kind of getting the call in at the last minute here with uh, Colvin Art unexpectedly being dropped out of the field. Um, don't really have any info on what's going on there, but uh, Randy's coming in after running pretty much primarily arenas for the last couple of years and getting the call up to the big show. Hey, here you go. Have at it. Driving a gravedigger in the world finals. Uh, you know, Randy's a guy that's got a lot of experience, obviously, behind the wheel of a monster truck. Hasn't had a ton of big stadium experience, but maybe he comes in and says, hey, you know what, this is my chance to kind of show off a little bit. Maybe one of my last chances at the World Finals. I'm going to go all out. I'm going to throw everything at it and see if it sticks. And, you know, could have somebody like Randy coming in and shocking the world a little bit and saying, hey, hey, I'm still here. I'm still a Gravedigger driver. I know what I'm doing. It's possible. Uh I would be surprised, and it's not necessarily a reflection on on Randy as a person or as a driver, but for lack of better words, uh, three years is three years, you know. And the you could you could say what what was what was I doing in 2014? Heck, I don't remember. Uh, Randy just hasn't gotten to do this, and there's no way to go practice 
hitting all of those walls of jumps that are now a part of the stadium track. And, you know, I've heard Randy several times, you know, not wanting to get beat up in the truck. And who can blame him or anybody else? Those those hits hurt. And if he's got the right mindset, he can freestyle with anybody. If he doesn't, or if he gets beat up a little bit in there, uh, you, you might see him not do as well. But uh, talk about a wild card. Look no further than Randy Brown. I, I could see him finishing anywhere in the field. And, uh, again, a guy that in years past was the big uh, one, one of the big gravedigger drivers as far as stadium events, uh, but in years recent more so the, the, the arenas. And I don't know how he gets over that hump, man. i gotta, I got to disagree a little bit. I'm not sure that, that that's something where I could see him coming in here and winning the whole thing. Yeah, well, one driver I think that could kind of sneak in and really make some waves, and I think more so in freestyle than anywhere, Becky. Becky McDonough's had a strong year. You know, she's thrown down some sweet freestyles this year. She's been competitive. You know, she's finally getting over the hump, if you will. They're finally not sending her back into the shootout, and she's getting a chance at the big show. She's done really well in freestyle recently. That's really where she's, you know, kind of come through and shown her strength could be an interesting night for her if she can go out there and finally get a chance at, you know, tackling that course. Who knows? She might be able to string together a few things, and, you know, she's not shy about hitting the backflips now either. You know, it could work well for her favor. Uh, same thing you could be said for Brianna Mahan. She had a bit of a breakout year this year. Uh, some weekends weren't so great, but others she performed very well in. Uh, she had some really strong freestyles this year. She's got our good buddy Too Tall turning the wrenches for her. Uh, you know, that truck's going to be in great shape going into Vegas. Um, you know, she's had some strong racing passes there in the past. Um, was really strong in qualifying a couple years back in the Young Gun shootout. It's just a matter of finding that, you know, success again uh, when it comes to racing. Sometimes it's it's hard to find. You get a good groove, and then all of a sudden it goes away. Um and freestyle last year, you know, she was solid. You know, it was not a, you know, winning run by any means, but she put together a decent run, had some big hits here and there, hit the backflip, did a very commendable, respectable job first time out in freestyle for, for Vegas. I think you made a good point about Becky in particular there, too. Uh, first first things first, big lot of respect, a lot of props to Becky for just the job that she's done in in as years have gone by, going from crew to driver, first of all, big jump. Not many people left that have done that. Uh, you know, her and Cody are about the only ones off the top of my head. Uh, that's great. Uh, she she knows the truck inside and out. Can't miscount that. Uh, then on top of that, getting all the seasoning and everything. And I think. So, so props to her, but also props to kind of the Monster Jam system here. I've knocked on some some of that system for various other things, but I will say I think this is a shining example of really developing a talent and giving them an opportunity to succeed. Because you've seen Becky get a shot on the European tours. You've seen Becky get a shot in the, in the arena tours. And lots of seat time equals gradual improvements that lead to a big breakout victory and she had a couple of real nice breakout type of victories this year built the confidence up giving her gradually more and more arenas and uh, gradually then more and more stadiums and all of a sudden she gets in the young gun shootout had a few years there and now in the big show ready to do well I, I think that that's 
That's a great thing. I love that that has been the progression. And that's why I got so upset when I saw some of these names. Because it's like, no, no, you're throwing them right into the fire right away. Don't ruin their confidence. It takes a few years sometimes to get that going. And that's what I'd love to see. I'd love to see them go from the arena tour to the double down showdown to the to the big show and kind of see a progression there. And don't think of it as the minor leagues. Think of it as you're getting some seasoning for when you're going to be ready to take on the world there and dominate. Uh, I love seeing that. I, I think that that's an interesting point and a very, very important thing to follow as you see the progression of people coming through the sport. Great to see Becky there. Great to see her getting a shot. And I think that her style... And even Buto's style, I know we've been hard on Buto all year, but those kind of styles, it, they aren't maybe the fastest people between obstacles, but they're, they're solid hits, they're big hits, they're calculated hits. And I think that that wins in a show like Vegas. Oh, yeah. I mean, Buto has come close. And you look at kind of, he's had a bit of a rough season, you know, and sometimes people that have had rough seasons come into Vegas and all of a sudden they find magic. You know, Tom Mentz has had it in the past where hasn't really been strong in racing all year long, hasn't really been strong this and that, whatever. Comes in, wins Vegas. You're like, hey, where did that come from? And, you know, it's happened before. You know, some people just find their groove. Sometimes the weekend's just kind of, you know, everything's clicking right there. Um, and, you know, I, I, we're going back to kind of the Team El Toro Loco thing, you know, we weren't sure if Becky was ever going to really get the shot because it didn't seem like they were really interested in having multiple El Toro Locos in the big show, if you will. But now that we've got a couple that are in there, one noticeable absence from the team that I really would love to see in the world finals field, and I know you feel the same way, Chuck Werner. Give the man a bone, please. Let that dude showcase his talents. I think he has proven time and time again that he is a great driver and deserving of the honor. Um, really, really was hoping that maybe this year he would get a shot, maybe in you know his truck getting rebodied for a sponsor body or something, somehow, some way. I don't, I don't care if it's a Hello Kitty body. Put that man in a truck and turn him loose. He's he's earned his stripes. Yeah, I mean, you look at the performances he's put forth, you know, over the years. He's always a strong, strong freestyle performer. Uh, look at his run from Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah you want to talk know, about a corkscrew. busting out the corkscrew. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> Chuck, you know, is one of those guys. He's kind of quiet, doesn't really talk too much, but, you know, you cut him loose, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the Jekyll and Hyde situation comes out, and he turns into an animal when he's out there on the freestyle course. Um, you know, I feel like for Chuck, it's not a matter of whether or not his skill is there. It's a matter of whether or not the truck holds up. And, you know, that's kind of the only thing that you can ever really knock on Chuck is that sometimes his truck doesn't hold up to the abuse that he throws at it. But, um, you know, whenever that thing is running good, you can pretty much count on Chuck to be in the top four or five of freestyle in any event. And I feel like you could say the same thing for the world finals. He's got a unique way of approaching things and how he does it. And does some stuff that some other drivers don't normally do. Kind of like his, you know, El Toro Loco driver teammate, if you will, in Mark McDonald. You know, both of those guys have some unique things to their style and how they approach things. Um, so, yeah, I, I really want to see Chuck in the World Finals. I know he's such a handy asset for encore planning and everything like that. Chuck's been involved in the encores for several years now. Um, and it's tough to kind of pull away when you've got so many other drivers that you can pull from to put in the show. But give the dude a chance. 
I want to see Chuck Warner in the World Finals. I want to see what he can do. I think he can be very competitive in racing and freestyle. Agreed wholeheartedly. Work on that Hello Kitty idea, Monster Jam. Just saying. So there's a couple of guys I want to touch on yet uh, and before we get to our picks here. A uh, couple guys that I think uh, one maybe to a little smaller extent and one to a big extent very motivated coming into this show. Uh, BJ Johnson and then the big motivation, Bari Musauer. I got to say, when I saw the lineups this year for first quarter, and we talked about it a little bit, why was Bari Musauer in the arenas? But it's kind of the same thing we talked about with uh, with Mr. Uh, Huffaker. You know, there's a lot of... You got to have balance at shows. But man, taking Bari... I felt like they were taking Bari out of stadiums more than they were strengthening their arenas. Bari went in this year with a killer mindset. He had some of the biggest leaps I've ever seen in some of these arenas. You could tell he was motivated. And I'm, I'm going to say, Bari's too nice of a guy, he'll never say it. But I have a feeling he probably felt a little bit of a slight, like, hey, what's up with this? Why am I not in St. Louis? Why am I not in Detroit? Why am I not in some of these bigger shows? He's in the lineup. He's been up and down in Vegas. More up lately. I, I think that there's some aggression there that, that he's going to carry out. And I would, again, not be surprised if I saw him at the top of the heap in racing or in freestyle. It's a guy that has some experience now coming into the shows, and I think he's good and mad about the way that the hand that he was dealt, to use a Vegas term, uh, coming into this year. So I could see Barry having some motivation in that zombie truck. Uh, on the other hand, you've seen B.J. Johnson in the Young Guns shootout, has the sponsored ride, uh, dealt with some injuries and stuff like that before, and I, I think there's some motivation there to say, okay, I'm here now. I'm going to show you guys that I'm going to I'm going to really make a strong case for myself for not only this year but for future years in Vegas because BJ knows what he's doing behind the wheel. Yeah, I think BJ's kind of got a little bit of motivation behind him because he got off to a strong start this year, but then just little things happened throughout the course of the season that didn't didn't end up panning out the way that they had hoped. You know, whether it be a little breakage here or a spin out in qualifying there or you know, truck going over early in freestyle. BJ was in a position to be very competitive on that championship series this year. And like I said, just little things ended up kind of taking away from taking them out of the hunt. And I feel like they want to come into Vegas and really show that, hey, you know, we deserve to be on that tour this year. It wasn't a fluke that we had a couple of good shows to start off the year. We're in it. We want to be competitive. We want to show that, you know, we deserve this honor to be not only in this show, but driving this truck. Uh, BJ's got a lot of talent behind the wheel. Uh, a, another guy that is a little bit creative when it comes to his freestyles, does some stuff that you know others don't do. I love that BJ likes to work in slap wheelies. I am a slap wheelie fan. I, yes. I enjoy watching them. I know you do too. Yes. Um, so, I don't know if yes, it, that's a good way to question. get on my good side. Yeah, I was gonna say here's a quick question for you. Do you think the drivers will be able to do a slap wheelie given the way the tracks have been cluttered up the past few years? Because darn it, I want to see some slap wheelies. I do too. Uh, the question is, I, I, that's a tough one, dude, because it is hard to work anything in because there's so little open space there. It's almost like you got to like get a funky bounce like you see some of these guys do the nose picks or whatever um, in the arena shows and you know pretty much just slam the front end into the ground and then you know just walk it and work that bounce it's about like one of your only options either that or you go so big and then you nose in that truck pretty much just works into a slap wheelie to begin with um 
you know, and that's one of those deals where in freestyle, the drivers that are really good at improvising on the fly, you know, and Adam Anderson, Orion Anderson, uh, Mark McDonald, you know, those drivers that are, you know, quick thinking and are to say, Hey, Oh, well, I've got this bounce. I'm gonna work with it. Um, you know, those types, they are the ones that can, you know, really make something like that happen. It's just really tough on the way that Vegas floors have been laid out in years past that slap wheelies are kind of going away. That's one thing that I was okay with about the Chicago style layouts this year was that there was a little bit more room to work in slap wheelies. Amen, brother. Well, it has come to that time. I need two picks from you, sir. I need a dark horse pick for racing and freestyle. I need a dark ho- and then I need a main winner for racing and freestyle. You're backed up against the wall. You're in a corner. You can't get anybody. You can't phone a friend. Who do you got as a dark horse for each of the events? And who do you got as a winner for each of the events? Oof. This is difficult, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... No joke, really tough. Um, I'm going to go ahead and make a Dark Horse freestyle pick, um, even though I don't really feel like it's that big of a Dark Horse. Um, Colt Stevens, dude has gone big, shown that he's comfortable going big. Uh, if the truck holds up, might be one of those nights where, you know, some other guys that would be favorites maybe have a bad night, truck breaks early, something like that. I feel like Colt, if he puts on a full run can make something happen in freestyle and, you know, put himself in contention. I think he's a good enough driver to do so. Okay. Now, as far as a dark horse for racing, there's a lot of good racers in this field. It's just kind of hard to pick that. Um, oof. There's like eight or nine drivers, I feel like, that are really capable of winning racing there. Um... I'll go with our boy Zimmer. He hasn't hit the racing track in a few years, but he's always been very competitive there. I, I, I think Zimmer could come in, you know, a few years off and say, hey, you know what? I, I can still do this. I still got what it takes to run in Vegas. He's a strong racer all year long. So I'll, I'll go Zimmer. He wouldn't be probably one of the favorites off of the top of everybody's mind, but uh, calling him a dark horse is really not doing it justice because he's just <laughs> as capable of winning that thing as anybody. Okay, okay, I'll give you my dark horses and we'll get to the main ones. Uh, the, the dark horse uh, that I'm going to say for the racing competition, I'm actually going to go with Mark McDonald. Uh, I know he's been there before, but I think that this is the year that he breaks through. Uh, he's always been under the radar. That kind of qualifies as a dark horse, but he is a star uh, as far as that goes. I think that he moves his way through the brackets takes that racing victory on the other hand as far as freestyle goes i'm gonna go with tyler meninga you turned me on to hey you need to take a look at this kid he's pretty darn good behind the wheel i've been watching him all year wherever it's been instagram youtube in person great stuff this guy knows how to control a truck and i think that that's a big big deal when it comes to freestyle if he can put in a full run maybe work in some of those nose picks some of that interesting stuff that he does with that throttle on that brake uh you got yourself a winner. I think that he has every opportunity to go ahead and take that freestyle victory. Yeah, I mean, a Tyler is, you know, a unique one. I mean, I, I think the term wild card is very applicable to Tyler because does his style translate to the stadiums? We don't know. We haven't got to watch him run stadiums yet. He's coming in, you know, when it comes to freestyle as a relative unknown. He's got racing experience. He put the truck into the final round, Young Gun Shootout, last year. 
and was one of the fastest drivers in the in that field last year. So I think he'll do well in racing. I, I don't know if he's going to be in contention to win. You know, it'll be more a matter of, you know, you ask me that next Wednesday whether or not I feel he's in contention to win. But freestyle, again, he's such a wild card. You know, he's got all this arena experience now, and he does all these unique little finesse moves. But those little unique finesse moves may not look as cool when you're in a full-size football stadium compared to the big air antics that you're going to see from some of the other drivers later. So it's going to come down to what the judges have to say. You know, does that appeal to the judges that are going to be calling the shots this year in Vegas? Or, you know, do they want to see a big air bonsai freestyle run? Are they cool with technicality and maybe not having the most frenetic, frantic pace? You know, that's a tough thing. You know, it's, it's it all comes down to subjectivity. Um, Please, think, for the love of God, get rid of fan judging. We love you guys and everything, but... Please, give me a panel of former drivers and crew guys. Give me a panel of somebody that knows what they're looking at, can respect and appreciate each driver subjectively and objectively. Please, please, Vegas. Well, and you know, and another thing to kind of take into consideration, and we'll get back to our picks here in a moment, but it is hard to judge, we've talked about this before, it is hard to judge a 32-truck freestyle because do you really remember by truck 28 what truck number 4 did? Yeah. And that can be a hard thing because it's hard enough to, you know, follow along a 14 or 16-truck stadium freestyle and be like... Here's, here's, here's an unpopular opinion and a random idea. Let's have brackets for freestyle. Let's make them run twice. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, there's about a hundred crew guys that are, uh, are sharpening to kill knives me. Yeah. right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, just saying. Fires. I'm just saying there are enough chassis there to make that happen. <laughs> um, it would be an interesting thing, but God, would that be brutal on equipment? Um, hey, but, but you yeah. know, maybe there's a strategy to it, right? The first round, you put in a solid run. You don't turn it over. You don't break anything, and then you can let loose for the second one. Well, then how about this? How about instead of 32, you know, you could almost break it up into a four-day event. Now I have all the tech staff pissed off at me. You know, (laughs) you have a best of, you know, you have a double down or, you know, a double down showdown racing, double down showdown freestyle, and then a main field, you know, and keep it down to 16 and 16 for each day, you know, kind of thing. I I feel like a 32-truck freestyle, as cool as it sounded the first time we ever heard about it, it maybe doesn't quite seem as cool now, but you know, again, it's a tough thing to try and have to keep your brain straight if you're in the judge's position, especially for the fan judges that the entire eyes of the stadium are now on you, and you are under a lot of scrutiny. I'm sure a few of the Vegas judges are sick of hearing about, "Hey, you screwed up this, you screwed up that" over the last couple of years. Yep, but. You know, it is a tough position, not an enviable position, because, again, if you're wrong, you've got the whole world looking at you, and it is tough to keep track of all of these freestyles and say, okay, that was pretty good. I scored this truck, you know, a 30-something or whatever, and that was good enough to take the lead earlier. What was that run like now that I'm comparing it to what I just saw? You know, that was 15 trucks back. How do I keep a fresh perspective on that? Yeah. And, you know, that is a tough role for the Vegas judges. I wouldn't want to do it. I'll be totally honest with you. I have judged stadium freestyles. I've judged arena freestyles. 
I would not want to do Vegas freestyle and have the whole world looking at me. Hey, I was chomping at the bit to do Vegas freestyle, but I have just, I have done the same as far as that. Haven't gotten to do Vegas, uh, but you know, I, I think that I think that we're near that talk like we had at the uh, the earlier part of this year about freestyle judging and about all that stuff. If we have another questionable finish this year, then I think they really need to take a hard look at that. We're moving towards some legitimacy. We're moving towards point series and tours and keeping groups of trucks together and making them competitive and serious. Uh, you can still have fun running hard and going for points, but at the same time, uh, I have heard and, and read a few comments from several drivers about the freestyle judging and the fan judging, and it would be disappointing to not have that progress like the other aspects of the sport have. But again... Another topic for another day. We've distracted ourselves long enough. Who do you got for freestyle? Who do you got for racing? Oh, you caught on to my stalling. Oh, <laughs> boy. Um, I'll give you mine if you want some more time to think. Go for it. Okay. Do it. Racing. Lindsey Wink. I think it's time. Ooh. Period. Uh, it's There's really not too much to explain here. Lindsey's had a good year. Lindsey's always consistent. As I mentioned before, Lindsey's always run down the track several times very well, very consistently, uh, when he was in Blue Thunder, from Blue Thunder to Iron Outlaw and everything in between, he has always had a nice read on the track, and he has been in a lot of Final Fours. He's always in the hunt. He's always going to be there, and I think this year is no exception. He has some confidence from winning his championship. By the way, congrats, Lindsey. And I think that that's going to be something where he rolls his momentum right in, kind of like Adam Anderson had uh, in years past when he won he would win a championship and uh, for the series, and then he would win a championship for the championship. And I see Lindsey Wink doing that this year. I think he's going to take it. Now, I'm going to cheat a little bit on the freestyle part of things. I cannot pick between two guys. I mentioned it before. I think Ryan Anderson is another person that's going to roll that momentum in. And I think also Jim Kohler. If I don't care if he debuts that new piece or not. He's competitive everywhere. Love Kohler. Fantastic guy. One of the best guys in the business, period. One of the smartest guys in the business, period. I don't care if he debuts that new piece or not. He's in the 20th anniversary of Avenger. Imagine 20th anniversary Avenger. Jim Kohler all kinds of jacked up on Mountain Dew. Going out there and blasting everything in sight. If he puts in a full pull, I think he can beat anybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. If Kohler can put together a full pull run, watch out. Because you know that thing is ending in ridiculous fashion. But that's kind of the thing is, is is Kohler going to have the luck on his side this year? You know, and fingers crossed, again, grabbing that lucky rabbit's foot, the whole nine, whatever good luck charm you got. Pulling for Kohler to have a good one. I know we're supposed to be non-biased, but it's a sentimental thing. Love that dude. I really want to see him do well, especially after last year. Yeah. Last year was just kind of a frustrating year, and I feel like in the last couple of years, Kohler had been trying to find a way to make his freestyles last and really trying to be a little bit more finesse about it, and it doesn't work for Kohler. That is not his style, and I think it showed in some of his freestyle runs in years past, and especially when it came to last year in Vegas. He was trying to be a little bit conservative, try and make sure that he would last until the end so that he was there in the hunt and at least, you know, throwing his name into the mix. And it bit him. Tried to do something that was relatively safe and do a donut. And, you know, he did it on top of the pad and it just backfired completely and ended up on his lid in kind of silly fashion. I don't see that happening to Kohler this year. If Kohler's going to do it, he's either going to go completely ridiculous right out the gate and 
it's going to end up in a giant heap off the first hit, or Kohler's going to be there and the truck's going to be smoking and spitting and flat tires and shocks broken off and the whole nine. But you're going to have seen something ridiculous by the time that that truck's done, no matter what. Um, I think the mindset that Kohler's got coming into the World Finals this year is, is hey, it's my year. I, you know, I want to show off whether it's I win this thing or not. I'm going to do something cool. As and, Dennis Anderson once said on TNN's Motor Madness, I'm either going to make history or be history. Yeah, and I, I think that's the case with Kohler, and I think with Ryan Anderson, you know, the the pressure's kind of on. You know, I think he really wants to perform well in Vegas what? and you know, finally get that monkey off of his back. And I think you can say the same thing about Wink. Those guys both have come close. Both guys have got really strong, you know, track records coming into the year. You know, I think maybe the only knock on Ryan is that he's coming in a little stale, if you will. He's been off for a month coming into the event. Um, you know, that's a little bit different. You're not used to seeing that. Um, but, you know, Ryan's a good enough driver, I think, after he makes a couple of practice passes. and be like, all right, I'm back in the groove. We're all good. Throttle and, rhythm is uh, throttle rhythm. Timing is timing. Seat time is seat time. He knows what he's doing. Uh, at the same time, uh, you can't stall anymore, man. Who are your picks? All right. All right. All right, all right. So, racing. I think there's going to be a little bit of a changing back and forth amongst the uh, the digger drivers this year. I think the racing championship's going back to Adam. Okay. I think, I think Adam has kind of had a little bit of a frustrating this year this year. I think he's going to find everything, pull it together in racing, and add another one to uh, another one to the trophy case. Fair enough. Who you got for freestyle? Oh, I wasn't quite ready. Too bad. Um, yeah, dude, this is tough. I cheated and picked two guys, so I'll give you two guys as well. Uh, you know, I don't really feel like picking two guys. Um, whew. Dude, this is tough. This is like <laughs> trying to pick a favorite child. I don't even have children. Oh, man. <laughs> the world is not ready. But anyway. No, no. The world does not need that. You don't need me reproducing. I'm sure a few <laughs> folks out there are thankful that I'm not reproducing anytime soon. Um <laughs> Todd Ledoux. Okay. I think looking at what he has put down in the past, what he is capable of doing, and just look no further than the freestyle run that he put on in Atlanta when it really mattered to win the title. He may not have won that freestyle, but he put down one hellacious barn burner of a freestyle, and for whatever reason, the bounces just kind of kept seeming to go his way. You know, a lot of the stuff that happened in that freestyle run when he was in Atlanta, you know, there was one hit relatively early where the truck's up on its nose, and you're like, no way it ends like this. You know, or, you know, the tire going flat, and then the ridiculous save that he had after that. Just seems like Todd's got some kind of mojo going to him this year, and it's really tough to knock him off that top right now. He kind of, you know, looked like maybe, you know, racing in Atlanta that he was throwing the championship away when he lost round one and Neil Elliott suddenly within one point of making it happen. Uh, but I don't know. Todd's got a lot of good things going for him. I think he's got the confidence going for him. I, I, I think maybe he gets another title this year in freestyle. All right. Well, do you have any closing thoughts on Las Vegas? I'm about all talked out. We've been going for... Almost an hour and twenty minutes out here. I think we've uh, we've covered all the high points. Uh, what else? Any final thoughts about Vegas coming in? Yeah, I know you're going to be out there giving us all the all the 
reports and updates that you can. Uh, the All Monster on Twitter. Uh, but what do you got, man? Anything else? Any final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts are uh, looking forward to getting to see a lot of people that I haven't seen all year long. Uh, you know, that's kind of, you know, the one cool thing about Vegas is it's kind of like a big, giant, dysfunctional family reunion that happens to happen around an event. Um, you know, when it comes to tech staff, production, drivers, crew, etc., uh, just excited to get to see a lot of people. Hopefully sneak away and get a chance to actually enjoy Vegas. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens this year. Vegas is one of those weekends where, or one of those weeks uh, where days are long and they kind of just start to run together and they take a lot out of you, but... Hopefully you get a chance to go and enjoy some food. Uh, I, that's one of my favorite things. You've heard me blather about food before on the podcast, but I, I will say this: go try and find some good restaurants out there in Vegas this year. Get away I from went, the stadium. I went to Vegas on vacation, an what? actual vacation that was not a monster truck related deal. After being there for so many different years, I how enjoyed that, Vegas. How does that happen? What is I, what is that like? Amazing. It's actually very enjoyable. A few suggestions. In-N-Out Burger, always. Anywhere you're near an In-N-Out Burger, just go get one. Don't ask me. Just go get it. Shout uh, out to our boy Jeremy Puglisi. <laughs> Not in Vegas this year, but he loves him some In-N-Out. I'll, we will probably post a few pictures to uh, All Monster on Instagram and, and uh, make him jealous. But besides that, uh, there's also, believe it or not, I know some people might scoff at this, okay? But Guy Fieri's out there is really good. There's some good food on that thing. And I know it might not be fine dining cuisine. It's diners, drive-ins, and dives guy. But seriously, go get those trash can nachos and tell me you don't fall in love. It's it, They're good. It's just that simple, period. It's good. There are also There's also a good Brazilian joint out there if you guys like a little, little uh, flavor to your food, some custom stuff. That's all good. And then even then, just walk up and down the strip, man. Uh, it's It's a good time out there. Uh, you're at a social gathering and a monster truck show is going to break out and it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm hoping to maybe go check out Fremont Street. And all the years that I've been going to Vegas, I've never been to Fremont Street. Okay, um, we're going to take so. up a collection. We're going to get Dustin a few uh, a few bucks and we're going to send him out on Fremont Street with a camera and uh, just have him interview everybody he sees. That, that could be entertaining or that could be a bad idea. We'll see how that goes. But, <laughs> but yeah, dude, uh, looking forward to seeing a lot of faces that I haven't seen all year long and, you know, reconnecting and probably getting a little sunburnt, probably going through a couple of tubes of chapstick, uh, getting dehydrated. It's the norm. It's the Vegas experience, right? You know, it wouldn't be a world finals without pretty much just wearing, running yourself ragged. But uh, hoping for an awesome time this year. Hope everybody that's making the trip out, you know, has a safe trip and really gets to enjoy themselves. Hoping, I, I feel like this year has a lot of uncertainty to it, but I feel like it has the potential to be a really spectacular world finals. Hey, well put. From the expert's mouth himself, he's been there all year. He'll be I don't there. know about expert. Uh, the alleged expert. We're all alleged experts. We aspire to be, anyway. I hope you enjoy the podcast, guys. Uh, don't forget, you can check the rest of the playlist out here. Link's in the description. Leave a comment. We always enjoy interacting with you. We read some of your questions and stuff. May do some Q&A episodes in the future. I know there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about post-Vegas as well. So, hey, make your voice heard. We love talking about Monster Trucks with you guys. And, uh, again, you can follow uh, The All Monster on Twitter. You can follow All Monster on Instagram. And it's All Monster videos here on YouTube. So thanks for watching. AllMonster.com is going to have some coverage for you, of course. we got some more stuff for you coming soon, guys. Thanks to you, Dustin. And uh, I hope you have fun out there, man. We'll be watching.